This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, before Before I tell you about today's program, I've got a couple of exciting things to share first. You know, after 10 years of doing this podcast, first with Paul Segreto as co-hosts, and then for the last several years by myself, I think the time has come to serve up more than just weekly interviews and episodes. Each week as I interview leaders in franchising, as leaders in their verticals or industries, I hear a common thread about their businesses, especially in the post-COVID world, and the attention that they're all paying to earn and maintain the support of their franchisees, teams, and consumers. In particular, their attention to technology and convenience for their consumers is paramount. Well, a few weeks ago, some of that seeped into my own consciousness when I realized that over these many years, I've done little more than just drop new episodes each week and announce them on LinkedIn and Facebook. So today, I proudly announce an end to that with the launch of Franchise Today's first ever website. While you can still download episodes wherever you like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose, the website will also easily catalog past episodes for you and will ultimately be able to search for guests by topic or keywords. That's right, hundreds of interviews at your fingertips with show notes and summaries to boot. The site's already up and live and can be found at www.franchisetoday.info, but it's still early days with lots more work to be done to improve and optimize it. Its best feature, in my view, is that it invites your interaction and comments and features a blog to which I'll begin posting this week. Stay tuned, too, for some updates to our show opener, close, and bump music, all of which is coming soon, too, in the weeks ahead. You've been a great and loyal audience, and I've tried to keep the good stuff coming, but it's time to bump it up a notch, and that's exactly what I'm doing, with thanks to my title sponsor, FRM Solutions. Okay, so a quick break here, and when I return, I'll be joined by a legend of the chicken world, and while wings have figured prominently into his long and distinguished career, so too have other parts of the bird. Andy Howard, president and CEO of Huey Magoo's, joins me next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests, elevate profits, and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device, loaded with over 60 channels of 
of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. Huey Magoo's was founded in 2004 by Matt Armstrong and Thad Hudgens, two southern boys with a passion for quality chicken and a penchant for serving others. Now, Andy Howard and other former executives from Wingstop, one of the world's largest and fastest-growing franchise chains, have partnered with the founders, bringing a shared passion and laser-like focus for the perfect chicken tender and crafting it into everything that Huey Magoo's offers today. That leadership team includes other notables of Wingstop fame, including Wes Jablonski, Mike Sutter, and Bill Knight. So, with all that said, let's get this conversation with Andy underway. Andy Howard, welcome to Franchise Today. Great to be here. Thanks, Dan. You and I go back a ways, don't we, Andy? Wow. <laughs> More than we want to count, but it's been a lot of years and a few gray hairs and a lot of knowledge, though. We both gained a lot of knowledge over the years. Well, we met, I'm thinking, some 20 years ago in Buffalo, New York at the National Buffalo Wing Festival when you were with Wing Stop and I was with Wing Zone, and we both traveled some roads since then, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about. But Andy, before we get into all of those personal milestones that you and I share some of together, we really have to ask you to take us back to how franchising found you and when. What were you doing when franchising tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, take a look at this? Yeah, anyway, great to be here, Stan. So my first franchise venture was with a Wendy's franchise in the uh, Miami, Florida market. Our group uh, had the rights to build out Wendy's. We built out 25 stores. I was wearing a few different hats with the franchise owners, Doug and Sid Rudolph at the time. And yeah, it was a great run, a great ride. And was there several years from zero to 25 stores and ended up uh, selling off that concept. And to continue on, then the exciting chicken category got into my veins. And for the next four stops of my career, over 35 years or more, my first stop in the chicken segment was a concept called Kenny Rogers Roasters. So a lot of you may know of the wood fire rotisserie chain, again, started in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, purchasing R&D, wearing a lot of hats. John Y. Brown, who some of you may know, former governor of Kentucky, former owner of Kentucky Fried Chicken, owner of the Boston Celtics. He was the founder and the owner. We worked very, very closely together and God rest his soul, he passed away not quite a year ago, but what a great, great man. We built up Kenny Rogers to about 300 stores and sold that to an international group. So you really gotta kind of follow the bouncing ball because I'm going from the whole chicken at Kenny Rogers Roasters to now a small brand in New York City called Ranch One. Ranch mm. One was, uh, gosh, about, about a 40, 50 store chain. We 
built it up to, and that concentrated on the, the chicken breast. We did a lot of creative things. Chicken breast, we had burritos and wraps and salads, a great sandwich, all based around the chicken breast. That was the only protein we brought in. So I go from the whole chicken at Kenny Rogers to the chicken breast at Ranch One, and then got a call from some of my former Ranch One colleagues and partners. They knocked on the door and said, Andy, you know, we've got this, we think could be a really exciting brand in Dallas, Texas. I said, yeah, what's that? And they said, well, it's called Wingstop. I said, Wingstop, boy, I guess they serve chicken wings. What else do they serve? And the answer was, that's it. But what do you mean that's it? How can you have a brand that serves nothing but chicken wings and, and make a go of it? I said, well, Andy, I guess you got to you gotta get on a plane from Fort Lauderdale and you got to travel to Dallas, Texas, and you got to see for yourself what's going on. So that's exactly what I did and get to the store and see the lines wrapped out the door and people are just loving this, this great, fantastic wing. So, you know, long story short, I came on board. We had about 60 stores uh, when we started negotiating. It took us a, a good year or more. I think when we closed the deal, it was about 80 stores in the chain. <laughs> and for the next just about 10 years, we were blowing and going, developing this beautiful brand in many, many, many states and then became international. And by the way, so I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Wingstop is based in Dallas, Texas. Every Monday morning at 6 a.m., I was on an airplane flying to Dallas or wherever the concept took me, coming home Thursday nights and starting all over again Monday morning. Literally did that for 10 years. Pretty crazy and wild life. And thank God my, my wife is a saint and kept it all going with my, my kids and trying to get to their signs and football games in between my wild schedule. But it was an amazing ride and company was ready to go public. And it was really just time for me to, to kind of exit. So it was an amazing 10-year run. Felt incredibly proud of what we did. While I was at Wingstop, the price of wings going through the roof, you know, literally in bad times, we'd run 40, 42% cost of goods when you're trying to run 32% cost of goods. So that 10% is most of your profits kind of being flushed down the toilet because you're paying so much money for the backdoor price. You know, I was, again, wearing a lot of hats and one of them was the R&D hat. So I had the, what everybody thought was the bonehead idea at Wingstop is to put in a bonus product because it was a lot more stable. We could buy it a lot better, a much better food cost. So I almost lost my job because the founders and my partners thought, you're out of your mind. This is a Wingstop chain, bone-in wings. How can we put in a boneless product? And hey, guys, just give it a chance. Let's see what happens. We know it's going to help food cost if we sell enough of it. And sure enough, it was a huge success. I'm obviously out of the brand many, many years now. But during the day, it was 40 or 50% or more of some of the product mix. So it blended nicely with the, at the time, expensive bone-in wing with a lot lower cost on the boneless. And it really was, at the time, I'm kind of a, a savior for the for the concept, and I know it's still doing very, very well even today at, at Wingstop. So after that run, it was really saying, okay, what's my next life and what's my well, next hold opportunity? On. Hold on before you race to that, because I've got more questions about this okay. juncture before we get ahead of ourselves. Okay. So you talked about your partner and you talked about the founder. So this was Antonio Swad was still at the helm. Antonio Swad is who we bought the company from. So our group was a gentleman named uh, Bill Knight, who actually is on the board of what we're doing now. Another gentleman, Wes Jablonski. 
of a gentleman, George Samaras, who has passed away, Jim Flynn. So this was the group that we bought the company from Antonio Swad, and he stepped away to do some other things. So he moved on to pizza then, and he left Wingstop completely. So I was just kind of referencing the thing that you said about your partner and the founder both thought you were crazy. And I didn't think that Antonio stayed in, but from that statement, I was wondering, had he still had a voice in what you were doing? Yeah, I probably missed that by using the term founder. You're right. It was not the founder. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, well, that clears that up. So what was your primary role, though, Andy? I kind of remember you, I thought, as the CMO. Yeah, CMO and R&D fell under me and actually purchasing fell under me about buying on the supply side, you know, all the wings. So I got to know literally every chicken manufacturer in America through all of my connections and my days. So it certainly has come in very handy to, to what I'm doing today. But yeah, I mean, I could fortunately pick up the phone and call the guys from Tyson or Pilgrims or Mount Air or Pico or you name it. And luckily, I've got some pretty good connections that is only beneficial when you're in the chicken business. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. And what was Bill's role? So you were the CMO and R&D. What did Bill, Bill do? Bill was a chief operating officer. Uh, Wes Jablonski was our CFO. And I think during certain times, not only CFO, but chief development officer as well. Mike Sutter, who's with me now, was our VP of training. And we just had a slew of great, great, talented folks. But we'll get into it. a lot of them are still with me today. That's great. Well, that's the mark and leadership there. And when you guys left or when you came out of Wingstop, what was the exit strategy then? Were you leaving on a sale or was that before or after the work? Yeah, so Rourke did step in and, and buy us and I was there for a relatively short time. It was really time for me to sort of get off the road, if that's the right term. To be on an airplane, not only once a week, twice a week, three times a week was wearing on me. So it was a clean and very cordial exit. The company did not quite get to the public market yet, but that was the plan. It was just the right timing for me to leave. And then the, the other folks left in various times after me. It wasn't just all of us at one time making the exit. Since they were local in Dallas and I was doing the back and forth from Florida, it was really my call to say it's time. But yeah, obviously they're all they're all gone from the, from the concept now. Those guys that are, were my partners. So you stepped out. That would be 20 what? That was 2013 or so, uh, into 2012, into 2013. And how long did you sit on your hands before you said, well, you know what? Airplanes three times a week really suck, but I can't do much more of this either. So what <laughs> well, happened? I looked at about six other concepts. I wanted to wrap my arms around, meaning I wanted to purchase a small enough chain brand that I could pretty much do on my own. If, and I'll get into some of the partners that I brought in. I wasn't looking for a giant chain but one that I thought would have legs to be able to become certainly either a regional chain or a national chain. Oh, I looked at a Greek concept. I looked at a cheese concept. I looked at a, a sub concept. I could go on and on where we had some good discussions with the ownership. And it just, for a lot of different reasons, it's hard to make deals, hard to buy companies. It didn't pan out, but I spent a couple of years kicking the tires, looking at deals and had a, a little bit of a vision of potentially starting my own, but that's a lot more difficult than it sounds. So I felt if I, if I found a small emerging brand that had the guts of what I thought could become national, that was really my goal. So that's what I was set out to find. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a great place to park for a moment 
and allow us to take a quick break and come back on the other side of that break and talk about what has become the explosive growth of Huey Magoo's. And I mean, literally, the world of chicken in every category of chicken has just exploded crazily over the last 10 years. And you've got a piece of that market share to talk about and tell us about. And we're going to do all of that with Andy Howard, who's the CEO and president of Huey Magoo's. And we're going to come back on the other side of the break and pick up from there. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. And the conversation today continues with Andy Howard, president and CEO of Huey Magoo's. And Andy, for a guy who's been in the chicken space for a long time, you're a visionary. You've got a feel for the things that work. Tell us a little bit about the brand itself from the consumer's point of view and what the magic of Huey Magoo's is and where it came from and what your vision for taking it global is going to look like. How did you and Huey's come together? Yep. Thanks again, Stan. So it really kind of stems back, and, and I won't park on Wingstop too much, but as I mentioned, we did put in a boneless product that really was successful and nothing to talk negatively about that product. But what we're doing at Human Magoo's is light years ahead of, with all humbleness of what we did at Wingstop. Uh, it was a decent product, a frozen pre-breaded, but it gave me the thought and the idea that if I could find, and I'm going to say it, the world's greatest chicken tender with a similar business model to Wingstop, that's what I'm going to be in search for. I follow the trends. I saw what the boneless product did at Wingstop. I then started following Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's and Raising Cane's and really had no idea at the time even what Huey Magoo's was all about. So I literally, you would think Andy Howard with all of his connections and everybody he knows, you'd think he'd know somebody, but I just Googled chicken tenders and my wife's marching orders was, Andy, as long as you can drive in a car to get there and you don't have to get on an airplane, you got my approval. So it's a little <laughs> three-hour car ride from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando, Florida. I called the two founders, Matt Armstrong and Thad Hudgens. I said, hey, I'm Andy Howard. I was with uh, Wingstop for many years. I'd like to come up and talk to you. So they said, absolutely. And we met on a Saturday. In fact, my wife came up and we met Matt Armstrong, one of the co-founders with his wife. So they thought I was coming up to uh, buy a franchise. Little did they know I wanted to buy the company because the company was not for sale. But as we got talking more and more, they saw my background and, and my love for the business and just basically fell in love with the brand. After you try the tender, it just melts in your 
mouth and for a lot of reasons we'll get into why it's so incredibly great. It took us about a year or so to, to kind of put the deal together. And we put the deal together back in 2016. And it's it's been an amazing ride since then. So the two co-founders have remained as my partners and as part of the parent company. They've actually also become franchisees. So there were only a couple of stores at the time when I got involved and they were their corporate stores. So we converted those stores to become their franchise stores. They've since built a couple more and have a couple more under construction and development all in the greater Orlando area. They sit on our board of directors. One of them, Matt Armstrong, is our vice president of development. So he's a very, very busy guy wearing all of these hats. And they've been terrific, terrific partners. So as we were working on consummating this deal, my now dear friend, and always has been a great friend, Mike Sutter, was still back at uh, Wingstop as vice president of training. And he was the key for me to convince me to go ahead and make this deal. I know what I know, and I know what I don't know, and I knew I I needed the best operations and training person I could find. And it was right under my nose at, at Wingstop. And that was Mike Sutter. So took a little bit of convincing, but I think when he saw what I saw, that the upside and the potential of where we could take you and your goods, he was all in. So once I got Mike with me and, and we consummated the deal, it was uh, just a match made in heaven. And we, we saw all the low-hanging fruit that was an enormous task to get it to where we needed to get to to become a real viable franchise concept. I have yeah. a question about the brand itself. Yui Magoo's sounds to me like it could be a character. Like, what's the identity of Yui Magoo's? Where'd the name come from? Yep, great question. So here's the story. And the founders tell it a little bit better than I do, but I've told it so many times, uh, I think I could give it justice. So they're ready to open their first store in 2004, small town in Orlando called Oviedo, near the University of Central Florida. Plans are being done. The store's under control. Construction. They hired all these fancy marketing consultants to come up with a name, and they literally hated them all. So here they are, four to six weeks out from opening the store. They don't have a name. They got to order a sign. They got to get logos. They got to get uniforms. They got to do packaging. So they said, we're locking ourselves in a room this weekend, and we are not coming out of the room until we have a name. So they're going back and forth, still no luck. So Thad Hudgens, he calls his dad. Dad, got to have a name. Matt and I are just killing ourselves. We can't come up with anything. I was trying to think of a nickname, but I don't know that anybody called me anything. What, what do you remember as a child? He said, Thad, the only thing I remember, one one kid was making fun of you and he, he called you Magoo. It just kind of a, was a quirky thing. Some kids called you that. It really didn't stick, but that's the only thing that comes to mind, Magoo. So he said, oh, Dad, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. I can't, we can't call this thing Magoo. He goes back to his partner, Matt. He said, Matt, all my dad came up with was Magoo. We got to do better than that. Did you have any nicknames? He said, I don't know. Let me. So he gets his mom on the line and, hey, Mom, we need a name. I don't remember any nicknames. She said, don't you remember you had you didn't really have a nickname but your niece had a speech impediment and for some reason instead of matt it came out huey says huey oh mom come on we gotta do better than that we, we can't name our brand huey so they go back and they repeat <laughs> huey magoo magoo huey they say it about a thousand times and then they bring in all their friends and whoever and everybody says guys that's it we love it huey magoos that's how it came about are you creating a character out of that or is it just the name stands alone well, the name stands alone. We, we've thought about a character. We don't have one yet, but, you know, our logo is a cool design and it's really come to life. And listen, some people may call us Huey. Some may call us Magoo, the way our logo is uh, is situated. So we'll take it either way. Of course, we have, it, we have it all trademarked a lot of different ways, but we are Huey Magoo's chicken tenders. All right. So that's the 
the foundation for the brand itself. And from the consumer's point of view, the differentiator between you and any of the others like Slim and all the other chicken concepts that are coming around these days, where do you park on the consumer's value proposition of the brand? What is the thing that makes the consumer say, it's this place and no place other on chicken day, I'm going here? Yep. Uh, we get asked that question all the time. And I guess the proof's in the pudding and the best way that we say is once you try the product, you'll know what we're talking about. So a tender is not just a tender. There's a special cut, a special spec, a special breed, a special recipe, a special secret sauce, a special way to cook it and serve it. And we do all those things we think better than anybody else. So the ultimate is when you sit down at the table and you get that beautiful five tenders and our combo meal with fries and dip and Texas toast and coleslaw and you're out the door for $9.99. It's an amazing value amazing product. And we are very, very creative. The only protein that we bring in is that beautiful tender. So by the way, there's only two tenders in every chicken. That's all we use, the true tenderloin. I'm not going to name any names, but you got to be careful that somebody's calling a tender and maybe it's breast meat or another cut of meat, but we will never, ever fool the public. And when we say a tender, it is absolutely a true tenderloin. That's all we use. That's all we buy. So you can get of course, the, the famous ham breaded, but also becoming very famous is our grill tender. The non-breaded, non-fried, it's cooked on a flat grill with a secret recipe that we marinate for 24 hours. You can get either or, sauced and tossed in a variety of different flavors, things like garlic parmesan and lemon pepper and sweet heat or buffalo. And you can do any combination of those on a salad, on a sandwich, on a wrap family meals, catering opportunities, all based around the tender. So from an operator's point of view, it's very, very simplistic, which they love. And, but from a consumer point of view, we cover a lot of great bases. We don't really have much of a veto vote. If you want grilled and healthy, you can get the grilled on a salad. If you want to go for it and get the ham breaded, maybe sauced and tossed in sweet heat on a sandwich or just plain and dip it in our famous Magoo's dip. It's all fantastic. So what differentiates us? I think everything I just said, and again, you got to try it to love it and believe it. And we'll put our tender up against anybody in the industry. What percentage of the food that you serve is eaten off premise as compared to in the store? Yeah, it's still the big majority uh, always has been. And, and really with uh, with third party delivery and with uh, you know online order and call ahead, it's probably 70% to 75% off premise. And and I should add that early on when I said I was trying to find the world's greatest chicken tender with a with a Wingstop business model, what I meant by that was Wingstop always has been an inline neighborhood strip center location driven concept. And the first few stores at Huey Magoo's was exactly just like that, neighborhood in line. Then looking at the landscape, this is way before COVID, looking at the major successes of all the competitors, the common denominator was the drive through So about four years ago, Mike and the team and all of us said, okay, we got to figure out how do we make from an inline non-drive-through concept work to a drive-through concept work. And with a lot of hard work, we opened up our first store in Loganville, Georgia, a great franchisee. Dean Thompson and his partner, Alex Larson, their big Papa John's franchisees, they converted an old pizza hut. And I really don't want to give away numbers. It's a little bit of confidentiality, but it suffice to say it did 
way more than double our best store by opening up our drive-through store. So ever since then that we perfected the drive-through, we still have not lost confidence in the inline store because those have really ratcheted up as well. So we give our franchisees their option of how they want to develop Hue and the Goose. There's probably five different ways you can develop a Hue and the Goose, and I'll go through them real quick. You can buy or lease a raw piece of land and build our prototype building from scratch, usually around 25 to 2,800 square feet. You can find, just like they did in Loganville, a, a second gen, a closed down, whether it's Pizza Hut or Steak and Shakes or Wendy's, Arby's, Hardee's. We've done numerous second gens and have been incredibly successful at those. Then we've got end cap drive-throughs of the strip center. If you take the end spot and you can wrap around the building, place your order and pick it up at the window. Of course, then the traditional inline non-drive-through store are still very, very successful. And then we've also perfected uh, an express unit. Uh, non-traditional, if you will. We have two of those operating at our system. One operated by Aramark on the campus of University of Central Florida and the student union at the college, doing exceptionally well. And just recently, we opened up in Las Vegas in a hotel casino, Fremont Street in downtown Vegas, Boyd Gaming, big hotel operation, public company, opened up about four or five months ago, doing exceptionally well. So all these different models, they all work. The franchisees love the flexibility and as many that love the drive-through, I would say more want to go the drive-through route, but there's still enough that really like the lower investment, frankly, of the inline non-drive-through, still great returns, great sales, great bottom line. So giving them the option is been a been a really good thing. So Andy, who is it we're looking for when you're looking for a franchisee? What level of experience and sophistication do you need in an operator to be able to master your plan? Yeah, again, it's a couple of answers to that question. I guess all things being equal, we would probably prefer someone with restaurant experience. Why I give a slight hesitation, because we've got a couple of great examples of non-restaurant franchisees who were just in love with our brand, went through the training, nailed it in every way, are in their restaurants, working it every day, and have been enormously successful. But with the restaurant experience, kind of been there, done that, having that somewhat prior knowledge. Now, you hate if they come with the bad habits of the other concept, but if they're open-minded and it's the Huey Magoo's way, then usually it works out very well. You know, a lot of times these bigger operators come with an organization in place because we we have a three-store minimum. You have to commit to at least three stores. There's really no maximum. We've got some of our larger franchise groups have committed to 20 or 30 or more stores. You know, of course, that's over several years. So in order to make that commitment, not only do you have to be financially ready to go, but the organization operationally more than anything needs to be proven to us that they can handle that many stores. And of course, the real estate piece is absolutely absolutely critical. We like people that are from their local market that know the real estate game. Yeah, so it's a little bit all across the board, but all things being equal, we prefer pretty experienced restaurant operators moving forward. So somebody could come for the minimum of three, and if they bring all the right stuff that we look for in terms of leadership and operational excellence, you'll take a run at them. But for those that may want a larger bite of the pie, they're going to have to demonstrate more financial as well as leadership and operational excellence capabilities is kind of what I'm hearing. Exactly. Listen, there's nothing more important and, and when we have our discovery days, my partner, Mike Sutter, all he wants to know, who's in the grease? Who's the guy <laughs> or gal 
behind the counter that's going to run that restaurant. They could have 10 million, 20 million, 30 million dollars in the bank. Doesn't matter to me, doesn't matter to Mike. And if they, when we're, we're doing our screening and we ask the question, okay, financially you're fine, who's going to be the operator? Eh, you know what? Don't worry, I'll find somebody. Eh, that's a bad answer. That person is pretty much, we, we can hang up the phone right there. I would agree. And in time left to us, I want to ask you to, before asking you to give contact information, is there any question you wished I'd have asked today and didn't? No, listen, it's, I, I love the franchise business. I, I love it from so many angles. I love our corporate team that we make people, hopefully we're going to make them rich. Hopefully before the money comes the fun of what we're doing, building an amazing company, giving people career paths. And listen, hopefully they can stay a long, long time as long as, long as they're doing their job. And we just talked about it this morning. We had a great leadership call and we want to create careers for as many people as we can hire. And then on the franchise side, listen, it's so humbling when franchisees are willing to put their hard-earned money into your brand and believe in you and the team to do so, especially the, the bigger 10-store, 20-store guys are putting millions and millions of, of dollars into our brand to make it work for them and us. We collect 5% royalty, 2% goes into an advertising fund, and hopefully there's a lot left over for them on their bottom line, but their money is like our money. It's that critical that they succeed. Well, I don't think that could have been said any better. And I love that you're aspirational about leadership development in your people. I had the privilege of doing an interview a few years ago with Jimmy John. And one of the things that he shared with me was how important it was that his people were along for the ride. And that 14 of the 17 original executives that were with him in those deep growth years today are all multimillionaires. He's as proud of that as he is anything. So that's that's good to hear you say that. Absolutely. What about some contact info, Andy, how are people going to find you? Yeah. So my, uh, obviously Andy Howard, president CEO of Andy at Huey Magoos.com. H-U-E-Y-M-A-G-O-O-S.com. Andy at Huey Magoos.com. I'd certainly be a, glad to give you my phone number. 214-293-1564. That's a, a Dallas area code, but I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. All right. And easily found them certain on LinkedIn as well. Yep. QMagoos.com is our website and absolutely on LinkedIn and love to hear from anybody. And it's been great hearing from you and I appreciate Thanks, you doing this and sharing so much with the audience. I've enjoyed our friendship over the years and happy to see you taking another bite of the apple and blasting off with a hot brand. Thanks so much. Uh, excited to uh, be with you today and all the best to you. Andy Howard, President and CEO of Huey Magoos. Thank you. Well, there it is. Yet another fine conversation headed into the archives. Next week, Joey Duff will update us on the Duff's Famous Wings two-day pop-up event as he and Greg Duell took over the kitchen at Gen X Tavern, downtown Tampa. And then my visit and conversation next week will be with Julie Cartwright, president of Pevolve, a rapidly emerging disruptor in the health and fitness franchising space. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best. The very best of all things franchising and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.